G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, we like to touch base with Charles Newington, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, on the big issues that are shaping our culture. Charles Newington, a special welcome back to 2020. Uh, Morning, Neil and everybody. Charles, let's start talking through issues and, of course, the big headlines that we're always usually talking about and focusing on, and this has been a big week too because there's been a deadline for submissions around freedom. But let's talk through freedom, where the rubber hits the road, because in Australia currently there's some attempts to take away parental rights to decide what's right for children, and especially in terms of schooling, and this affects people more than just people who are Christians who are attending a local church, uh, but every parent affected. But uh, your thoughts on the issues around freedom as they're developing right now as we speak? Yes, thank you, Neil. The school environment is one of the primary centres of this debate. What is happening in schools uh, generally, uh, not just the, what we might call the Christian and independent schools, but but more generally, has uh, has been very affected by the the, the trans um, the transgender ideology, as everybody probably is aware of this. But one of the things that's come up recently has been an article by Bernard Lane. Uh, who has identified the fact that the Australian Psychological Society has stated in an unpublished law reform submission that children under 16 should be allowed to go ahead with irreversible surgery against the wishes of their parents, both parents, and without mandatory counselling. Now, this is an unpublished law reform submission, but it was it was given in to the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute because they were reviewing you know what children uh, 16 and under couldn't couldn't do in and and specifically they identified the fact that uh, a child under 16 can't initiate a, a court action for approval for something like this so um this this report is saying that they want to encourage a child under 16 uh, not under 18 but under 16 to be able to initiate uh, legal action for approval to have their breasts removed or something like that as serious so, irreversible Charles, surgery. If we take that and say, well, that it's unpublished, so I'm not sure uh, where the source is here. But if that's true, doesn't it mean that this body that represents uh, what we might what we might call uh, secular psychologists, and there's thousands of those all around Australia. That they would all, in if they were, you know, if this is the body that speaks on behalf of psychologists, saying it's a good thing for children to actually go through all sorts of irreversible surgery against the wishes of parents, it does seem to be quite unusual and uh, quite unlikely. But but this is the body that speaks on behalf of psychologists. Yes, twenty four thousand psychologists across the nation are, are registered with them, and I'm. 
I'm asking, you know, the APS, that's the Australian Psychological Society, to, to clarify the matter because here is researchers under their name putting out um, proposals like this. And uh, I, it would be good for them to clarify whether they, in fact, whether they have, in fact, adopted this as a position. Uh, because it's it's a serious it's a serious thing for researchers under their name to to make proposals like this. And the fact is that this issue has been has been working away, you know, under the under the surface. And one of the leading uh, pediatricians in the country, Professor uh, uh, John Whitehall, has has really got some fire in his belly about it, and he's put together a um, uh, a, a very substantial. Um, uh, recommendation uh, to federal parliament for an inquiry into this whole process backed by 260 uh, other doctors including many eminent uh, pediatricians and and they're doing it because these cases are, there's been a handful of these cases already approved and identified by him um, and it um, it's you know you can you can understand why people would scratch their heads and say, "Where's the, where's the world going to, or coming to, or where's the nation coming to?" That uh, that the, that parental rights can be so overridden as if they are unimportant, and that's the thing that I want to just sort of stress today: that there's a the worldview that's coming in and replacing the Judeo-Christian ethic and worldview is saying that the parent-child relationship is not as important as the state's representatives or whoever who happen to be teachers or whatever, they know better, they know smarter, they know wiser. The, the parents are in fact part of the old world. They're part of an old way of thinking and they, and, and they should not be included in decisions like this. And Charles, this is reinforced of course. It's not just the body that represents psychologists but this is what the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute has been reviewing in Tasmania. It's about what the family court uh, is dealing with so these uh, these things are being talked about at the highest and levels happening. and, and it 's happening right now mm. and par- and parent and parents rights are the things that are being uh, thrown under the bus here yes yes uh, let 's move on because there's some other issues that are going on, and I know that you 've been uh, talking through and uh, thinking about issues that have been going on in Hong Kong of recent times. And uh, the idea of rights and freedom, uh, while we're talking about that on this level uh, here in Australia, this is being played out on a different level, but there are some commonalities. Uh, What are your thoughts for what's being played out in Hong Kong right now? We have seen quite a lot about the the protesters and how it started because there was a bill being uh, put to to the Hong Kong parliament to extradite people, whoever the mainland China wanted extradited. If there was somebody that they felt was a threat to mainland China, they would extradite them and then they would... uh, they would subject them to whatever uh, a punishment or restraint they felt um, to do. And the thing is that in, in China, the government is not restrained by the courts. And uh, we know that there are many thousands, maybe even millions of people currently imprisoned because they they don't agree with the, with the government on some point or other. We're constantly seeing um, examples of, um, of, of um, intellectual... Uh, uh, intellectuals, you know, who make some kind of comment that lose freedoms, etc. But um, this, so what? What the Hong Kong people were concerned about is saying, look, we there's no way we want some kind of some kind of a, a bridge or causeway uh, created that that can suck people out of Hong Kong society and lose them in a Chinese prison. 
Uh, and so it started that way. And and then it escalated because they they realized that this is an in, an attack upon their freedoms and it's it's symbolized by these these high pole cameras that are tracking them with facial recognition and and they and so you see pictures on the tv of of, of young students climbing up in some you know uh, as a way to get to the top then spraying across the face of those cameras as a way of saying we we just reject the whole idea that 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 we should be that our personal freedoms and liberties should be so intruded upon that we we are facially recognised and people know wherever we are at any particular time of the day, and um, because of the way in which it's being used, there's 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 an ideology behind it that's using it not for the sake of the people but against uh, it's for the sake of the government and against the people. And, and this goes to show how um, how you have to be careful when you put in place legislation, um, because it's not so much the legislation; it's the spirit that seeks to then use the legislation for objectives that the legislation seems almost to be, you know, described in other terms. Because that's what's happening here: that that, that China is using this um, uh, this this system to to say, well, that this is actually about uh, civic order; it's about keeping the place safe. Um, but um, safe safe for who? Safe for the people or safe for the government? And Charles, when you've got incremental change that's taking away, and we were talking about parental rights, and uh, some people will say, well, isn't that a long bow to draw to talk about what's going on in China? But the same principle applies here. The government takes away the rights of the people, almost uh, has the right then to imprison and deny uh, what it is that we as Christian believers might even say, well, this is what makes us human, that we have a right to be able to raise our family with our values and uh, in accordance with what we might understand as, you know, uh, under a wonderful transcendent God who has revealed himself to us. I mean, this is where Christians are. But this whole idea of taking away rights uh, incremental change, uh, the idea that the government even has these CCTV cameras all around the place in real time and uh, to enforce what they're saying is one form of protection for a society, but in in what we're actually talking about is uh, the taking away of people's right to their humanity, to have a freedom to be able to be who they are. How do you tie all of this together? Because this is all such an important point to make, isn't it? Yes, I agree. I think that um, when we think about freedom as a as a universal desire, it's in every heart. I mean, can you think of anybody who doesn't want to be free? You know, it's, it's one of the great impulses, you know, the freedom, the longing of every heart to be free of whatever it is that's imprisoning the human spirit. And so when we think about what it is to be truly human, we cannot think about that without thinking about freedoms. You, you cannot be truly human if you, if you are not free. And think about how, from time immemorial, uh, uh, humanity has recognized this and has found ways of imposing limitations on people as a way of dehumanizing them. So, for instance, you see these pictures of um, of uh, of people in chains, whether we're talking about in the days of um, um, uh, the days of slavery or um, wherever it is, 
you can see that people are dehumanized by 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 manacles and and uh, and or by imprisonment and 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 this this is why it's done it's done because people understand that if you limit a person's freedom you break their spirit and charles when we've got the connection between religious freedom and the idea that if you take that away, you give someone, a rising elite, the right to dehumanise and take away rights, privileges and freedoms. This is one of those issues that, let me just come back and uh, and uh, draw attention to the good work of Family Voice Australia. And this is something that you hold very dearly, that uh, these things are all interrelated. The fact that we have freedom before God and how that plays out in a society like ours. Uh, this is something that's driven you for a long time, Charles. Yes, it has. Uh, when I first jo- joined Family Voice, I wondered about the relationship between these three great issues of focus, family, faith, and freedom. Why, why were they pulled together? And how was it that, that a, a political freedom was associated with family and faith? Well, um, really, it's not so much a political freedom as, as something deeper than that. Uh, the political freedom um, is just an expression of the universal freedom of the human spirit. And that, uh, that when you ask a person, what is freedom? What is it? Is it just to be able to run around in the garden without your clothes on when you're two or something like that? Or, or is it deeper than that? And the, and the mature answer to that is it comes down to what we most deeply believe about ourselves and about, um, about the universe, about everything. And how we understand ourselves. And so we think, therefore, in terms of uh, the fact that the answer comes out something like, I am a moral being. I have a strong sense of what is right and wrong. And if you ask me to do something that I believe to be wrong, it strikes at the very core of who I am as a person. And then when we explore that notion of the moral being a moral being, that's what takes us to the question, where do we get the sense of morality from? And that's where religion comes in. And of course, uh, some will say, well, everyone's got their own morality these days. And uh, I know you have some thoughts around the outcomes of unqualified freedom, and there has to be a line drawn somewhere. Uh, it's just where you draw it. And if you take God out of the equation, then it's just up to uh, you know two competing parties or many competing parties to find where that line might be. And that actually then causes a level of chaos. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on how you actually might regulate that unqualified freedom? Because there's freedom for an individual, but then there's also the freedom that gives you a harmonious society, Charles. Yes. This is where faith comes in, because one of the things that's happened to, you know, to, to, to faith, and I don't know whether this is true about other societies, but I think it's certainly true about Western societies, that people who identify themselves as Christians, there's been a tendency to think about faith in very personal terms. That's what they how they experience faith in the church. You know, it's about their anxieties or it's about their hopes and dreams, that sort of thing. So it tends to be rather personalised. But I ask the church and, uh, and all societies, step back from that for a moment and see how important it is for, for faith to, to understand its role in society as a, as a moderator, as a, as, a, as a way of taking the extremes out of opinion and bringing people to the sensible centre 
because what faith is really about is it's not just about what's good for the individual. Jesus didn't say, um, God so loved the world that he sent his only beloved son into the world, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that it was just about the whosoever who believed, but it was the whosoever is brought into a relationship with God because of God's love for the world, because of God's love for all humanity, even his enemies. He has a deep and abiding passion for what is good and right and best for all of society. And that's what defines faith. It defines that kind of that kind of, of common good dynamic where, where we realize our role in society is to be guardians of what is good and right and best for society as a whole. And we, it takes great maturity because we, you, you know, Christians are just as human as everybody else. They tend to be just as self-interested as everybody else. And we have to keep stepping back from self-interest and saying, how does God uh, want our society to function and operate in a way are being deteriorated and if we look over the seas to Hong Kong uh, we see what the outcome ultimately is when you have governments able to take away the rights of citizens uh, able to take away the freedoms of citizens to believe uh, for what they understand is the way that their morality is shaped so a powerful thought there today on what it is to be human and where we are at in Australian society today. Look, I'll point people to the website familyvoice.org.au for connection to Family Voice Australia. Charles Newington is the National Director of Family Voice Australia and Charles, always so appreciate your great insights and thank you so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.